You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 173 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwartz, live from a balmy, summery New York City. And with me again, the podcast host extraordinaire, Evron, the Akman himself. How you doing, sir? Doing alright, how are you? Pretty good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. And I won't give away any spoilers. Uh, we've obviously already done our post-championship episode, which was a thriller, obviously, for everyone involved. But, um, yeah, we have to talk about our cup final against Antalya Spore. Uh, and I will first sort of go into, uh, as I always do, our rivals' last five results, just to give you a sense of where they were coming into this one. Uh, five matches ago, they lost to Galatasaray, one to nil, uh, a man down, so a resilient defeat. Um, we've called them the Iron. Uh, I forgot. I, originally, we called, called them the Iron. What was it? The Iron, Iron Curtain. Curtain. The Iron Curtain. And then I think it got downgraded to the Iron Gate because they they got a little sloppy. And then it, then it was like the Iron Fence because they started, I think they let like four goals in against someone. Anyway, but so solid outing against Gladstone. I five matches go. Then a 2-2 two to two draw against Fatih Karagumruk. This is the Iron Fence action. Uh, a loss to Guztepe, 2-3 to three at home. Uh, so then it's like iron, I don't even know, pole <laughs> at this point. Uh, a loss to Trabzon, away, two to one. And then uh, a, a draw against Konyaspor, nil to nil. Um, so pretty terrible form coming into our match. Not yeah. a single win, just a couple draws. Uh, things had been looking all right for them, you know, mid-season. I think they were as high as like maybe eighth, but obviously things took a dive. Yeah. I mean, they won the last ten league games. They won one game, so they uh, basically just survived off that run when they were the uh, the Iron Curtain for a while, not conceding any goals when they tied like nine games in a row. But <laughs> yeah, and so despite being as high as eighth, they ended in sixteenth. Just barely above the relegation scrum at that, so... Uh, but, but like, safely enough above it that they never really had to worry about it, you know. I think they were just in coasting mode for the last few matches for some reason. Um, but so, yeah. Uh, with that said, Evron, I guess before you talk lineups, do you want to mention, like, what your sort of perception of them was? I mean, I kind of... I think we probably agree on the analysis as far as the iron curtain turning into the iron pole at the end there. I think yeah. I called it the iron dome, which was, uh, <laughs> and I think that's not, that's far too formidable, unfortunately, for I mean, everyone. I think they have some interesting names on the team, some good players, um, but I've never at any point in this season thought that they've played well. Um, I think they've, you know, gotten by with luck and individual talent, um, and just a lot of experienced players at the same time. Um, so I was—I've never been, you know, particularly impressed with them, and I was, you know, I think the the end of the season kind of showed um, that they weren't a big, you know, that top six caliber team, um, and the Turkish Cup was really all they had to play for. So. And I'll tell you what, they're actually a perfect example of how a pretty good job done by a general manager 
can very easily be undone by a terrible manager or coach. Because um, that roster seems pretty good, right? You'd expect them to be challenging for a spot in Europe. Uh, and I guess theoretically they were via the cup, but uh, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, I mean, yeah, before the Nuri season, Shahin, read out yeah. the names of the Hatai team and the Antalya team, I think... Um, Probably nine out of ten people would have picked the Antalya team, um, you know, based on just the names. Yeah, for sure. But once you know, once the the season started, it was very clear that, um, especially because they lost like seven zero to Hatay. But <laughs> yeah, well, um, well that, that's a thing. Hey, and what's, what's, what was their coach's name that, that basically screwed this job up? Uh, Ersun Yunal is the coach. Ersun Yunal, there you go. Yeah, the final of us and hero. I mean, it really, to me, I think um, uh, there's a generation of managers that sort of skirted by on um, just their reputation, their their history in the sport, and I think a general lack of talent in Turkey. Uh, and they're really not meeting this, you know, I think with the, with the foreign level cut down, uh, the foreign limit, rather, gotten rid of, basically, or for the most part now. Um, they can't like there's enough talent in the league that they can't really get by without having a vision and and so these guys are really being exposed <laughs> I would say um, well would you would you agree with me on that everyone I mean uh, it's uh, maybe I, I haven't really thought about that I mean ever since you know I think he's always been overrated that's just me I feel like he hasn't had a good um, like anything since like 2013 <laughs> 2014-ish. I just remember on Trabzone, he had a great squad and he was losing games like 6-1 to Anadolu teams. Um, and I just never been impressed with him. Um, well, I think to back up my, my thesis is that there were 22 coaching changes, I think. And that was, a, a, there might have been even more by the end of the season. That was just at one point. Uh, yeah, there so, was a lot more by the end. <laughs> I mean, just an insane turnaround, which is not necessarily the coach's fault. That's also... A little classic Turkish impatience, but um, I mean, I don't know. For me, I, I do think that there's this generation of coaches that were sort of revered for their reputations doing other things, you know, as players and, and maybe even analysts in some cases, but after they played, after they played, but they have not, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they, they, they haven't backed that up really with results on the pitch, certainly not in the last five to 10 years. Uh, and Ersun Yanal is kind of the typical, like the, the clear-cut example of that for me. But there's like a bunch of them. Um, I, I'm not going to go through the list. I think probably people can imagine kind of former Fener, Galatasaray players. Maybe a couple best Dutch guys out there. I don't not, uh, No, I mean, Risa Chalambay has actually done a fairly good job adapting to the modern game. Who else am I thinking of? Eh, anyway. Um... Anyway, tell us about these the lineups, man. Sorry, I'm on a ramble here. Uh, Besiktas lineup or the, the whoever, man. If you want to do both, it's up to you. I guess it's a big game, theoretically, the, uh, the cup final. Yeah, well, I guess I do want to tell you real quick. Um, kind of the anticipated eleven. Um, Podolski up top. Where he's been playing since he came back from injury. Um, Freddie Amilton and Gekden is as the midfield trio. Freddie's played a little bit all over, but you know, today he lined up as the attacking mid. Uh, Nuri Shaheen, Hakan Özmert as the uh, the double sixes, I would I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Not the most defensive lineup from them, surprisingly. Um, and then Kudrasho, who's like a center back, was playing as a left back, and then they had Basel Sada, Ronaldo, um, and then Bunyamin Balja with both him, which is kind of their normal eleven. Um, they used to have Orgio playing, but he lost his spot, and Sydney Sam also lost his spot, um, so they're both on the bench. But the uh, Sydney Sam would appear. Anyway, I guess no, no, no spoilers. Yeah. Um. Any other notes, like before we dig into the match itself? Um. I guess the the Bish Clash eleven. We should probably. Oh yeah, derp. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty um, important. <laughs> uh, it was a slight rotation. Um. Not really. Just players but uh Utku came in as you know as the cup goalie um the same back four we've been seeing for like over a month now in Sakla when I didn't beat a Rosier um, and then Nejip came in instead of the lot instead of Laichu's shoulders you know in a sling 
and then Still, we have yeah. the triple CDMs, um, Atiba, Nejib, Joseph, and then Uncle Laren and Gezal's on three. So. Yeah, um, not like the side you'd really want to be going to battle with week in, week out, obviously, but <clears throat> at the same time, somehow a formidable bunch this season. Um, and what's fun is we get to talk about some rumors, actually, and some sort of news this episode as well. But obviously we'll do that after we talk about this match, just to get the sort of the football out of the way officially. This is our last ever on. Bear in mind, get into your color analysis, color commentary rather, because this is our last football talk for quite a while uh, on air, anyhow. Um, so yeah, I'll dig in. Um, and we're flying off to a flying start, in fact. In the first minute, and I think the, the actual action occurs in the second minute, perhaps, but... Uh, Atiba with just a pin-perfect pass out wide to Nkudu, who sends in a pretty good cross into the middle, which their keeper... Uh, did Bofan start? Yeah, Bofan. Bofan, however you say his name. The Belgian will get caught on here to... Yeah. Uh, but he came out well to, 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 to intercept the cross, but not well enough. It would find Joseph. What happened, sir? Yeah, I mean, kind of got most of it. Uh, both in, um, spilled, yeah, stole your thunder uh, there. Spilled the cross. It was like a low, hard cross, maybe like, you know, like a, a grass cutter, as they would say. Yeah. Um, he probably it was the first action of the game for him, so that's probably why he wasn't, you know, quite up to par. Um, he spilled the the cross right to Joseph, who was the first one to react, and left footed shot into the uh, to the roof of the net from close range, and that was. It was 1-0. Nice way to start things off. Uh, certainly, Brendan was stressing about this. And I mean, I'm going to be 100% honest. I wasn't. In fact, I had set up a whole silver lining to this, which was that if we'd lost, uh, Fenner would, would not get Europa League. They'd have to go to the new Intertoto thing. <laughs> so, um, and I know it's not called the Intertoto. That's my little insider joke. Uh, it's my little reference to the past and to how the old conference. I am, I guess. Yeah, it's called Interconference or something. I like Intertoto. I, I hope. I wish they'd gone, come, gone back to that name. Funky name. <laughs> I don't know um, what that competition was all about. I was just like, play four qualifying games to get and go to the first round of the Europa League. That was... The, the Intertoto? Yeah. <laughs> come <laughs> on, play man. all these games just to go to the first qualifying round of the... Well, it wasn't Europa League, UEFA Cup. Um... It, it, in its own way, it made sense though. It was, it was fun, like, cause it was like a back alley for for like a sixth place team or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Anyway, what's yeah, the fifth fifth minute? Podolski would flop like a turd um, in in the penalty box. Uh, I don't know how he didn't get a yellow card, but he didn't get the call at least. Um, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna put him on the hit list. No warning for him here. Somebody, however, would earn the ire of the hit list, and I'll get to that one in a bit. Um, eighth minute, Gokdenis, uh, who is a dude we've talked about before. You might want to say a word. He had a little bit of action. He took a shot from a tight angle, and uh, you know, kind of almost put a little fear in our hearts. You remember that play, everyone? Yeah, Nejip tried to, well, he, not he tried, he did make a slide tackle on the sideline, but instead, uh, boomed the ball down towards our own corner flag, um, you know, as Nejip does. Um, yeah. So, Gekdenis picked it up, cut inside, and then on his left foot, um, he tried to rifle it into the near post, but hit the outside of the side netting. Um, that was probably one of their most coherent shots of the first half, um, but they had a, you know, a fair few chances that they kind of fluffed. So. Nice. Um, yeah, and I'll go through. I'll go through the highlights here. In the tenth minute, uh, Utku would flub a free kick out of bounds. It's funny because I had left the match thinking, you know, Utku sort of filled in admirably. And then as I watched the highlights to, to pre prepare for this episode, it was a ton of little dumb errors that could have cost us really badly in a in a game of consequence. Um, but so yeah, Utku flubbed a free kick out of bounds, which led to a corner, um, which Vesa would then get a head onto. I don't remember who took the kick, but Utku would then come through with a pretty decent save, actually. 
Uh, but again, a save that he created for himself. Yeah, Nuri uh, Shahi was taking the corners for Yeah, you. that's right, that's right. And free kicks as well. Um, in the 16th minute, Nejip would smack the guy in the face and get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no yellow. Yeah, uh, Freddy, he smacks Freddy. Nejib yeah. was uh, very Nejib like today, not today, but in the game, you know. Yeah, crashing into people. Um, we needed a few days off, folks. By the way, come on. Uh, that, that that season got so stressful. We were coming at you multiple times a week. It was hot and heavy. Um, so yeah, apologies for coming in a couple days late, but I'm sure you all understand. I'm sure you all needed a break yourselves. Spend time with your families who had forgotten about you for a while. Um, so yeah, 24th minute, uh, Rashid Ghazal would actually have a fairly decent shot from distance, though, um, saved by Bofin. Um Do you have any notes on that one? Um, not really, maybe? Yeah, not really. I think it was, I'm the one where he, he like cut in and then it was a low shot, I'm not sure this is a different one you're talking about. This may have been that one. Um, 29th minute, Unkudu would uh, have a clever little ball cross like into the middle to Atiba who would just get like mauled essentially but the ball would fall right to Rashid Ghazal's foot who would tap it on sort of nicely into space for uh, our boy Valentin Rosier to run onto and the shot would just be pin perfect although it may have been a little luck but it took a little skip maybe I mean although it did come right off his foot. I don't, you know, I don't know how intentional. Yeah, it was, was. He'll claim it was intentional. I bet. It's one that some people, I think, you know, Mesut Ozil uh, is kind of famous for doing that on purpose, where you shoot the ball into the ground um, so that like it lifts over the goalie's leg. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if Rosier did it on purpose. Or the the technique didn't look any different than a normal shot. It looked like he just kind of got over the top of the ball, like it bounced up a little bit. But you know, but it ended up just perfectly uh, placed. Yeah. Uh, and let's right give him the, the benefit of the doubt. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, his last goal on this contract, hopefully not his last goal in the black and white. Um, I don't know why I always refer to a British accent. Like this, we're not. A, it's like a Turkish club, right? There's no freaking. Uh, um, anyway, 38th minute. Rashid Ghazal with a, I gave it a check plus, this this cross to uh, Atiba, oh, yeah. um, and he would just flub it off the post. I mean, he, although honestly, it was he did everything right except for that final little effort there. Um, yeah, I think yeah. he was looking to pass it, you know, as Atiba normally does, but Laren was like a little bit offside, um, so he's like, oh, let me finish this, and then he had the, uh, you know, took his time and tried to place it in the corner, and then just hit the, not the inside of the post, but you know. I would say closer to the inside of the post and it rebounded back to the uh, I believe rebound, rebounded back to the keeper but it was uh, he thought that was game you know and he was standing in front of the goal one on one kept a minute gave him a little hope so. unfortunately yeah um, 40th minute Udku I have this in my notes as a, as a sh- kick <laughs> uh, I have to beat myself on that one uh, and it finds Somehow, Amilton, who um, forces a save by Utku. Uh, so, a little danger again from them. And they had a couple moments like that. I only noted two, but they had a few more that I didn't feel the need to really go into details on. But, uh, yeah, do you have any notes like, on that? Utku, like, jumped into Freddy and, like, flipped over him and the ball spilled out. And there, you know, there was a lot of just general clumsiness. Yeah, I didn't mention that one. That was, you know, like, he didn't make any, like, you know, howlers that caused the goal, but you know, he didn't look good at, you know, while he was making the saves. He kind of looked a little clumsy. Weak sauce. Yeah, um, sure, sure enough, anyway, so, uh, halftime comes in, we're, we're ahead, nil to two. Uh, I mean, it, we're, it was a neutral venue in Izmir, so I don't know how we got placed on the road there, whatever. I'm not gonna spill beans over here. Anyway, um, 46th minute, so I guess that's the halftime. Antalya made the sub. Uh, Mert Yilmaz, a guy who we may have had interest in at some point, uh, came in for Hakan Uzmert. Uh, you want you want to say anything about Mert, by the way? Um, honestly, I don't too too much remember what he did in the game. Nah, me um, neither. He's a right back, 
Um, Bunyamin is also right back, and then Hakan Ozmet was playing as a defensive mid. Um, so I don't know how that shook out. That would have been interesting to note because he was someone we were we were sort of we personally on the on the podcast wanted. We like all these young prospects. I mean, they're they're yeah. cheap, right? It's it's uh, yeah. I think he was a free agent at the time. Low risk. Um, Tyler picked reward. up him and Gekdenis that summer. Um, and they and lost Nazim was... Yeah, they lost Sangade with him somehow, and then he doesn't yeah. start. Anyway. So Bunyamin, I, I think, was. They already he had him. As, yeah, he yeah, was, he the was like their replacement, and then Merit was, you know, to the compete. Backup. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe he'll play next season, because, I mean, they didn't... I mean, no spoilers. All right, whatever. Uh, 55th minute was the first action. Wellington would save a shot from Gokdenis, which Utku would just... Uh, I don't want to believe it. Poop the bed. Um... Uh, the shot would be a little cheeky kind of thing over him. He'd sort of dive pathetically, uh, but Wellington would run in and save him, and then give Utku a bit of a yelling, if you will, which was uh, you know, a little not quite what you want to see. But whatever, Utku's not our starting keeper. Uh, notes there. Oh, sorry, that was the 45th minute. That was not the 55th minute. Um, was that right at the start of the second half, or yeah, right at the start. Yeah, um, that was probably the, yeah that, that was one of the closest chances. You know, they finally got the ball past Erson Utku and um, was a little bit soft. Like he like flicked it past him. Like he didn't really make strong contact on it. I don't think um, he saw so, Wellington coming. Yeah, um, the so beast. it wasn't a hard clearance to make because he didn't really the Brazilian beast. It. Hey, what's that dude's name from Street Fighter? Blanca. We could call him Blanca. Uh, <laughs> Too, it's too it's too much of a deep cut. I don't know if we can go there. Um, Alrighty then. So next bit of action was the 51st minute. Uh, Kyle Laren had a header on a corner that would sail high, just a bit high, but looked like it had some promise. 65th minute, we had a sub, our first. Nkudu would come out for Gokan Ture, uh, and Dorokan Tokus would come in for... Nedjip, the beast we saw, because um, he had actually just got a yellow card in the 63rd minute. Uh, could it probably should have been his second one, considering the old slap. But we got a little luck on our side. Come on, why not? A little luck of the champions there. Um, 70th minute, Sydney Sam would come in for Bunyamin. So I guess that's where Merritt would slide to the right back position if you hadn't already. Um, and the 73rd minute, and this is my hit list entry, because he had, he was a petulant little jerk face for much of the match. Uh, I don't have to beep any of that. that was like, I like insults that don't need bleeping. Uh, but so yeah, Fedor Kudryashov, who's always a bit of a, a tough nut to crack, <laughs> if you will. Uh, he, he got himself a yellow card for, for just a nasty tackle. Uh, yeah, and he hits the hit list, man. I gotta do it. He's one of those guys you might like on your team because of that physicality, kind of a Josephian, but he took it two people past the line in this match. And I've seen it before, so I'm putting him on the list. Ring the alarm. You got you you wanna push back on that, Evron? I mean that's kind of his he's a center back playing left back, so um, you know it's not a surprise you just out here crunching dudes. Um <laughs> Just yeah, a monster. Kind of a monster. Um, but so yeah, and I've seen it before. I've seen it before. It wasn't an isolated incident. Anyway, 78th minute, Bernard Mensa would enter the match for Atiba. And he would immediately show you everything that you kind of liked about him and then everything you absolutely despised about him. Um, 79th minute, by the way, Gokhtan is again would get in past our defense. Freddy. Um, sliding him in perfectly, and uh, Joseph with a decisive slide. I mean, Utku was actually there too, but Joseph didn't even give Utku. Yeah, the I think it was pleasure. more of a more of the fluff that really like he basically like just swung and barely hit the ball. I don't know what the hell that was about. Yeah, go So it allowed Joseph to uh, you know make the block because I think if he caught it cleanly, it would have been too fast. I mean, he did such a great job of getting into scoring positions. Didn't yeah. quite have that. He He's still welcome to come back. I'll stand by that. But, yeah. I'd love a young Turkish striker in that mold to come 
back us up, you know, to back, uh, back oh, up to Abu. Come it's on. a little too late, but yeah. I'd love, though. I said, I said I would love, Evron. I'm saying it again. Um, anyway, uh, where were we? 78th minute. Uh, so this is actually right before that that flub by Gokdenez. But uh, Ufuk Akio would come in for Nuri Shahin. Uh, Dever Orgil would come in for Hamilton. Uh, and then that Gokdenez flub. In the 80th minute, Gazal with a free kick from deep would send it on goal. And it would actually require an interesting save from Bofin. 85th minute, a yellow card for Naldo. Um, 88th minute. Mensa would um, actually find Goku and Tore really well, and then Tore would find him again on sort of one two, uh, and then Mensa would just yikes it. Uh, just uh, swing and a miss. Absolute swing and a miss. Strike one. Uh, I might as well call it Strike three. You're out. Uh, and like literally, <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. Eighty um, fifth minute, Ridvan Yilmaz would enter for a little bit of action. Uh, Rashid Gazal getting some some well-earned applause for a fantastic season. Uh, hopefully not his last action with us. Utku Yuvakuran in the 87th would get a yellow card for time wasting. And in the 91st minute, Lukas Podolski would slide the ball in really well to I don't know who, to be 100% honest, uh, who would hit the post. It was Vesel. Right oh, Vesel. It was Vesel. Yeah. Uh, it would come back out into play, but be dealt with. And that would be it. Uh, just, I think, two minutes of extra time. And Besiktas, two matches, two cups. Everyone, I hand the mic one to state. you. <laughs> one stadium, indeed. Um, one city, one stadium. A nice stadium at that. Uh, so, yeah. Final final notes on the match before you go into stats, dude. Um, you know, I think it was a little bit casual at times because we took that early lead. Um, it was funny that the players were putting on the championship shirts like eight minutes before the game was over. <laughs> I was getting a little nervous about that because they almost scored like twice too. It's like, yeah, uh... and like really, it was like <laughs> okay, this is a little maybe overconfidence at this point. Um, but. Yeah, they, they didn't get that one goal, so I guess it was never really a worry. But you know, I would have rather we we put a third pass them and we were kind of you know chilling for too long. But I'm 100 percent with you on that. That that had me nervous. I was like, I feel like we're 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 tempting the football gods with that. That would have been a historic like Twitter yikes, mo- like people yeah. made fun of us for years. Especially because it was Hasich and Leitch. I think Hasich would have gotten like a lot of. Uh, Got Backlash or something, so I'm glad nothing happened there. Yeah, in fact, uh, a clean sheet for Utku, an undeserved clean sheet. The man made like seven errors, but whatever. Um, tell us some stats, man, if you have them. I think we do. I see Fatma. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the uh, the XG stats today. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but we had, it was 51% possession we finished with. Um, they took more shots overall, um, 25 to our 13. But 12, 12 of the shots were from outside the box. Um, we had four big chances to their three. Um, and then shots on target was much closer, five to six. And both of us hit the post once. Um, they also had seven block shots to our three. Uh, so they were kind of taking pop shots from, from distance a little bit. Um, while we were a little bit more, um, you know, taking good shots because... We were getting in behind so often. Um, overall duels won. We won 59 of their 38. I think our players were pretty comfortable for most of it. Nice. Um, and then individually wise, Fat Mob says Joseph is the man of the match. Um, not, you know, I think the watcher would probably have picked Gezal. Um, not sure about you, but I think he was the. Uh, the creative spark in the team, but Joseph had obviously the goal. Yeah, I guess that goal is what sort of... Um... He won, yeah, seven out of nine duels, which is good. Uh, three clearances. Um, he won three free kicks. I mean, he was he fantastic. Won, yeah, he uh, won three tackles, eight recoveries, could go between and two them. I mean, that I mentioned that diving, saving tackle. He did yeah. that sort of triumphant one. And he made a yeah. few uh, effort plays like that, as he did all season. He really actually... In fact... 
My my final note analysis wise, since I I guess that's it for stats. Is that is that it? I mean, I can just say Gazelle had five key passes. No, yeah, is, I can give us yeah, give us some individual stats. Sorry, I'll, which I'll is do the my most on this on the team, and he also completed four dribbles out of four attempted, um, hitting you know one of his best games. Um, I think overall, um, there are games where he's maybe created more, but um, I think this is one like well-rounded game where he created a lot. He won his duels, um, you know, and he could have probably had more than just the one assist, but you know, he got his one assist. Um, Rosier, you know, the other goal scorer, um, decent game. Uh, didn't really do a lot going forward, only created the one chance, but you know, he came up with the goal, which is huge. Um, he won half of his duels, but almost all the duels lost were headers. Yeah, and so I have been him being the attacker, in fact, right? Like, yeah, right. He, he, but he had five interceptions, which is a lot. Um, That's stellar, yeah. Two dribbles. So he had a pretty good game, uh, but not like I'll do. I'll do. Games. I'll mention really quickly. So, like, Rashid Gazal had the most big chances created with two. Gokden has had the most shots with seven, which really is a testament <laughs> to his positioning ability, although not his finishing, obviously. Joseph had the most passes. Um, Vesel, by the way, is up there too. Vesel's established himself as a solid player. I mean, never really got a shot with a big club after. I mean, he started. I think he may have played for Galatasaray as a kid. He's right? a Galatasaray boy. He played like, I said he played 20 games. Corn Fama. I'm not sure how true that is, but. Yeah. Um, Gazelle completed the most dribbles, um, and Joseph the most tackles. So it's definitely between them. And so if I pick one, you pick the other. Right? I mean, that's it. It's those two. It's, might as well just say that. Yeah, um, basically. And Laren had a very quiet performance. Um, was it again, like an understated top. good performance or just? Didn't. I mean, I'll see how many times, how many touches he got. Um, they have that. It's 38, which is, I mean, he had less than that before, but I mean, he took one shot the entire game. I mean, he was really more in the traditional <laughs> traditional striker role. Yeah, which I think he tends to be quiet out there. Um, only one shot when you're, you know, creating a header, fair amount. So that header that missed too. Um, I mean, it's actually a solid effort though. I mean, he used his body well, just couldn't quite put it away with his head, which is, you know, technique is always what he seems to lack. Like he entered seven duels, which is, you know, I think a lot of times on the wing we're saying he entered like 22, like some crazy high numbers. So. Definitely not tactically suited, I think. As yeah, yeah. But so yeah, that's it, folks. That's all for. I mean, my last bit of analysis here was that uh, it was great to see, especially in the first half, the way they kind of recaptured the the form of the season. You know, these last few matches, they were really playing tight to their chest, kind of nervous. Uh, you know, that with everything on the line at any moment, kind of. Um, so it was good to see them kind of go back to that free-flowing, nice style of play that we saw all season, um, at least for a half. Uh, and obviously by the second half, it was more just let's get through this and have the party start, you know? Um, but so, yeah, that was that was absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, the, the good old Knicks curse, which I thought had been broken finally, I gotta say, overall, like a historical success for Besiktas <clears throat> against the odds with a number of guys having these seasons which make you ask the question, is this legit? And all year long, I, you know, the Knicks are in this, did exactly the same thing, getting to the playoffs, which was not expected, getting a, a home seed, like a ho home court advantage even, in fourth seed. Um, and it was like, again, Julius Randle was this guy who nobody saw coming and... Um, exceeded all expectations and makes you wonder if it's this is the real deal and at first i compared their all season to like kyle laren and like the casual would do that or the racist i suppose who just wanted to make it about two black dudes but um i think the actual comparison should be rashid gazal who had a yeah. historic season and really led the team and in the way since 2017 in for Monaco, Leicester, and Fiorentina scored six goals. I mean, dude, like, like and he three. had the type of season that makes you think it's sustainable, you know, because he showed so much talent. So that's why I think it's a much more like-for-like like com uh, comparison to the season Julius Randle had for the Knicks. But anyway, 
So I, I, despite the Knicks curse supposedly being broken, I don't know, man. Looking real similar here, having historic success against the odds and everything. Um, but so yeah, anyway, a lot of fun for me as a sports fan this year. A lot of fun covering Best Judge. Thanks to all of our listeners for for following us all year long. Uh, as always, um, it's been a it's been a real pleasure. Uh, and obviously, we'll, we'll be back for more, and we'll keep being here all summer. But you know, just a a, a technical note for everyone. Uh, great season, everyone. Um, now, quickly, let's slide into transfer season mode, everyone, and let's talk about some oh. news. There's it's already been a news. While. I know, right? Yeah. Um. So we have. Three players I think everyone's concerned about. Abubakar did not reach the 30-game mark. Uh, I think that's what it was to extend his contract, so he's technically a free agent. And then Rosier and um, Gezal are um, either loans or expiring. Uh, as is Mensa and Montero, but Gezal and Rosier are the ones that people care about, um, to be frank. Uh, and and Abu, Abu too, but I think... Well, he's not alone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so he's a free agent, Abubakar. Um, all indications are that he wants to stay, um, but it's possible he might ask for more money. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And so one good thing is that, and this actually applies to Rosier too, that a lot of garbage rumors have come up about um, our rivals coming in for both of those players. And both of them have come out publicly and said, no way. Um, Abu saying he's a loyal man, he would never do it, and Rosier being even more cheeky about it. I think on Twitter, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, exactly he, what he, he says. says I'm an I'm an eagle who hunts or something like. That. <laughs> he always likes so, to say that that line. It's like the fourth time he's used it. So, yeah. so you gotta love that. Uh, at least we feel like, you know, that's one thing about us is we don't have a lot of these mercenaries who come back and you know, like Jenk Tosin said the same he wouldn't want to really want to play for a rival um, you know you like to see that you like to see that kind of the way that we sort of regularly whenever Benchitas succeeds it's sort of off the back of camaraderie and team spirit and you kind of we, we develop these like lasting bonds with players you know like Abu the first time right and that's two championships for him um, three for Atiba two seasons, by the two way champions, yeah. three championships for Atiba Hutchinson Three for Nejip. <laughs> um, <laughs> the go. Two for Vida or one? Is that Vida's first? No, this is Vida's first, yeah. Wow, Vida and Ljajic getting their first. So I mean, it's a lot of just fun Get stories. Gokan Tore second. Yeah, Gokan Tore and Ozan as well. Um, Ozan's just, you know, third, but yeah. Was that his third? Okay, I thought he was in the Tore. Didn't he come in the Tore back? No, Gokan left, remember, in 16. 17 that's right, that's why, that's why. Ozan never left. True champ. Uh, and he actually resuscitated his career this year. I mean, there's a lot of fun bylines for this whole season. Um, Gokan today and Ozan, I was trying to make the argument for them playing for the national team this year. Um, certainly Gokan today as a utility guy off the bench, um, certainly made uh, a stake for himself at this season coming in clutch yeah, I, for I us. think if he stayed healthy um, this year, he yeah. would have um, been able to make it, but it just it just didn't happen. Um, and you know the, the you know the wingers who, other than Jengiz, who is you know I think everyone would agree, even though he's been injured, it doesn't matter. Um, the rest of the wingers named there were pretty healthy throughout the season. Um, I mean, to me, I think he should still make it over Efajan, but you know I understand that you know they're not going to take the guy who hasn't played. So national yeah. team in years, let alone, and then this year he hasn't played consistently. So, yeah, exactly. Um, six hundred forty minutes in the league, six hundred forty-eight minutes for Gekon. So, you know, yeah. he had good production in those six hundred forty-eight minutes, but we <laughs> um, had guys, you yeah. know, playing like three thousand minutes almost out there. So, no, yeah, I mean it was obviously a stretch, but I just mean that the, at least they played to the level where they could. That could be a conversation, obviously, in their health. Did not match that level, unfortunately. But, you know, if they come back next season and, and can play at that level more consistently, or at least, you know, stay healthy and play at that level, there's no reason why they couldn't uh, re- reclaim spots on the national side. So that's a fun byline. And, and they've sort of really cemented themselves as Bezik guys in our lore. Um, 
So yeah, man, I don't know. There's yeah, also some other more. news, right? We've got some, some more other news. news. Yeah, Rosie and Gazelle I didn't finish with. Um, and there's like transfer rumor stuff. Yeah, but so the big ones is Rosie and Gazelle. Mr. Dickman also said um, Gazelle is going to be tough to buy. Monaco already has swung in with a transfer offer. Um, and obviously Monaco has more money than we do. It's one of his former clubs that, you know, where Lester got him from. Um, Rosie, on the other hand, should be doable. Uh, obviously, we have to pay a transfer fee for him, but uh, it looks like the player is willing, and it looks like, you know, Sporting is also more willing because, you know, they won the league themselves. Um, oh, yeah, one note their... on Rosie. Uh, you want to mention the Nkudu comment? Oh, uh, yeah. Nkudu talks about... <laughs> I forgot what it was. One more cup would have been... Perfect. No, no, it was um, it was on. Rosie posted a picture with Abubakar, and Kudu commented like, "Someone's missing, or who's missing from this photo?" Uh, and Rosie responded, "We'll win more trophies together." Don't worry, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't worry. So, kind of insinuating that um, either he's coming to Bishkek or Kudu's going to Sporting. <laughs> or they're both uh, anticipating <laughs> calls, call ups to the French national team. With that already happened, so I don't think that was it. So. Yeah, that's past also. I don't think yeah. either is expecting call-ups anytime soon. Oh, the Rosie, I don't know, man. If, if, if This is just a... I think Rosie could honestly... I mean, the guy that called up for the second right back, I don't, I'm not sure if he's better than him, but the other guy's a little bit more established. So maybe maybe for the World Cup, you know, you never know. Dude, Valentin Rosie is the best right back I think I've ever seen for Besiktas. I'm just... I mean, that... Or I should... Let me, let me rephrase. That was the best season for a right back I think I've ever seen. Uh, in my time watching Besiktas, just fantastic, man. Um, yeah. So final notes. We've got uh, a little more, right? Rumors. Um. Yeah. Nothing else is like really. Uh, you know, that, those are like the important. Also, Dorukan is still not technically gone. Um, he's gonna go to the Euros. Well, most likely he's in the in the pre squad. So once he gets cut. Um, from the Euros, then oh yeah, decide earlier. Ridvan is also in that pre-squad, which is fine. Yeah, Ridvan's is also in the pre-squad for our two Bishkek players. But assuming Dorukan goes to the Euros, he's going to complete the Euros with the Turkish national team, and then after, he's going to have another meeting with the Bishkek, um, you know, board um, about his contract, like one last effort. Uh, also, it looks like you know not his replacement, but. Someone else was offered the same contract, supposedly. Sali Wuchan was offered the same contract that Dorukan was offered. And Sali Wuchan looks more likely to happen. Uh, they said, you know, the reports were saying that is one to two steps ahead of all the other teams that want him. Supposedly, so, he's asked for a uh, delay, and Fener is really pushing hard, but <laughs> it's a little gossipy, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, that's from Khan. But Khan is our source lately. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But Salih Chan looks likely for the first transfer. Um, and then obviously all the lone guys and then Abubakar. Uh, that's like the three. Um, that would be, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> the, uh, the, the other rumors floating around that are more like just interested. That bitch just interested in loaning in uh, you know big name striker. Which... Personally, I hope it's not true, but they're saying Alexander Mitrovic and uh, also Alex Alex Sorloff. So, you know, the former Trabzon guy is you know coming in on loan, but they're high salary, high earning players with massive transfer values that we cannot afford. Oh, um, and I guess one final note, and this is actually is it, a, it might be official. I mean, the kid's in a Besiktas shirt, so we have the 16. Oh yeah. I'll let you do it. Yeah. Was, um, I have to find this kid's name again. Um, it's a hard one to pronounce, too. He's a 16-year-old who is pictured in a Bishka shirt. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's an official transfer. Half of us are confused if it's even legal. Um, it's only, you know, with hostage, you have to wait till he's 18 to sign him. He's um, from, you know, a place for the North Macedonian Youth National Team. Trying to find this man's name. Um, Did you say North Macedonian? So there's like yeah, well, Macedonia civil... had to change their name because Greece was 
screaming at him to another North Macedonia. Oh my god, I, had, I didn't know about that. That's such a So his thing. name is Bessar Gujufi. Um, yeah. So supposedly, I mean, there's the pictures are clear, like he's posing to Bishkajes, unless it's like a, you know, an extensive fraud where that some random kid who's on contract with another professional team is like, I'm going to pose another team's kit. Um, no, um, like the ball, the ball <laughs> fight family, uh, speak it into existence. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so he is, as a 16-year-old, he played, you know, a season of professional football already. He has two goals and three sits, three assists in the season, which is pretty decent. I mean, it's for FC Belasico, which is not, like, a team anyone knows in the Macedonian League. But, um, you know, to be playing professionally at 16 at, at any level um, is good. So Yeah. And, I mean, we missed out on that Georgian kid who ended up going to Pauk, um, but yeah, but the, the Georgian become one become like our funny. rivals. They got Shinji Kagawa too. Yeah. Niko Ninua or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah Niko Ninua. So. Did he but play this at all? No? I'm not sure, but this guy's turning 17 in a few days. Yeah, no, this is a better... This is more like in that Aiden Hasich frame. Yeah, that, for me, has worked out really well. Ninua is my age. So. I mean, that's... Not look really, at all the promises. Really I hope we gave him the hype. I <laughs> should tell you, man. You, you still have... Go for it, everyone. Um, the sky's the limit. Younger than you. Get it. Well, anyway, so that's it. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously be back with tons of off-season trade rumor episodes throughout the summer. Um, and preseason news and all the fun stuff. League of Legends. <laughs> Let's take that cup from Fenair, too. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, stay tuned yeah, for our... <laughs> Say good. Worth knowing, it might be quiet for transfers until the Euros finish. Uh, we'll see. Is the window like goes. open though officially already? No, it's not. The registration window isn't open yet, uh, so you can't register players, but you can agree to transfer at any time. So now it's technically like because of the whole delay. Yeah. The season ending late. It means there's going to be a weird off season. Do we know when it when it um, starts officially? Usually, it opens officially in July, but. A lot of teams will start signing players now, um, but the only thing is, a lot of the players are going to be going to the Euro camps, and most players aren't going to be, you know, wanting to, you know, it's kind of seen as unprofessional to distract yourself during the Euros when you're well, playing yeah. for the country. So a lot of these transfers will probably be delayed, but for a player like Salih Chana, who wasn't called up, you now maybe that will get done before. Which sucks. He should have been absolutely called up. So, he had a great yeah. season for Alanya, but anyway. Um, but so yeah, uh, stay tuned. We, we will obviously be back. My hope, honestly, is that we focus mostly on keeping the, that squad intact as much as possible. Um, selling and upgrading a few pieces like like maybe Kyle Larian. Um, only because I feel like this is where he's probably got a, a really nice demand that we could sort of... Uh, I, mean, and, and fr I mean, frankly, who knows? Maybe he'll go on and you know, keep this form up for the rest of his life and we'll regret, them, regret selling him now, but... Nonetheless, I feel like you got to kind of strike while the iron's hot there. Um, and again, I think there's going to be a lot of interest. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's really like for me going into the transfer window. Uh, I, that's my main hope is that we keep the squad intact as much as possible. And obviously, that means Abu, uh, Gazal, Rosier. Please stay. <laughs> Please don't make this difficult. Um... Any final notes, Ephraim? Um, well, I hope the board is prepared um, for this transfer window because also we still don't know technically the last update on the Champions League. I guess we have to know what Chelsea did. Um, that is still up in the air if we have to worry about oh, the Champions yeah, League final. Right, right. Chelsea is one point clear. Of, so it's... Chelsea has 67 points. They're plus 66 points. And that's right, 66 points. And Allison did that freaking goal to save. Yeah, so one of those three teams won't be in the top four. Um, and Chelsea's last game is against Austin Villa in two days. But on the other hand, if, if Chelsea loses to Man City in the Champions League final, final it then it doesn't matter. matter. So that's, that's the uh, the Chelsea watch still up in the air if we go direct to the Champions League. Um, but, you know, hopefully sure the board has all the transfers. Um kind of like the idea set in case you know i think it's going to be hard to keep all three of those against all and Bubakar 
Um, I'm praying to keep two, so hopefully the board is. Uh, that yeah. Champions League money would go a long way. Um, but so yeah, as always, stay tuned. We will be back soon-ish, right? Probably next week at some point. We'll wait for something to report, I guess, at the very least. But um, yeah. anyhow. Uh, no, you know what? We will be back soon with the whole re- season review. We're going to get a roundtable going with, with all of our guests from the season. Uh, guest hosts and whatnot. Um, of course, stay tuned for our hashtag after the beep. I've got our su- Southern Eagle, Emre. Uh, he, he's got his, uh, his notes. Finally, I got the second half from him. His notes uh, about the, the championship clinching match against Goztepe. Uh, so we can you can review the championship as well one last time with with Emre, our Southern Eagle. Um, and yeah, as always to our listeners, feel free to submit your own hashtag after the beep. We can we can put you in any episode, uh, especially during the summer. We'd love to hear any ideas you have about transfers, uh, your your feedback on transfers as they do come in, uh, and just any you know any any old opinions you have out there. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcasts. Myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Don't follow Evron. He doesn't do that. He doesn't play that game. Um, don't, even look. don't even look at him. Um, follow us on Instagram. Black Eagles podcast. One word. And as always, let's go basic time. Peace out, everybody. Champions. Two matches. Two. The first half update with the current status on the match day 42 in Turkish Super League. Besiktas is drawing against Göztepe in Izmir. Galatasaray is losing Malatya in Istanbul. Fenerbahce also losing Kayseri in Kayseri with 1-0. With these current situations, Besiktas claims the title. However, now the both all teams saw the results. Second half will be much different. I expect Fenerbahce to come back and beat Kayseri Sport. Galatasaray also will fight hard to win against Malatya. So therefore for us, Besiktas, we must score goal and goals to not the title, the trophy slip away from us. What I noticed for the first half, Besiktas is not good at defending. I mean, we came all the way here by attacking and scoring goals. And we must continue doing that. If we try to protect the current score or scoring one goal and trying to defend that, it will be very hard for us. Therefore, we need to aim goal and more goals. Let's hope we get the title. Go, Besiktas! Yes, we are champions. And really, yesterday, we all relieved so much. It was unbelievable was a very difficult season. We started almost half budget of our opponents, Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. And first five, six games, we really shaky, struggled a lot. And uh, what they said, even management voted on Sergeny Alcun to keep him or release him. And uh, with the president's Ahmed Nurcebi's vote, they kept him. And from there, what a turnaround he made. If there was no Sagan Hudson, we wouldn't come this far. He really made uh, the team success and he really carried the team and the club with him against all odds. He fought with media, 
he fought with the federation, he fought with opponents, he motivated players. He's a clever uh, man and uh, he found the solutions most of the time in the mid-half times and the many games turn around in the second half. And if you guys noticed on the Gerstepe game, the final game, uh, around 58-54th minute he was shouting Gökhan Töre and Larin and made the Larin and Töre switch the positions. Larin went on the left wing and there he made the difference. Because when Larin plays in the center forward, he cannot fight with the two defenders there in the middle. And they stop him well. And he's not that fast, but when he has the right wing on him only, he made that run like he did on the penalty kick we got and uh, outpaced and uh, quick to tackle the second ball again. That made a difference for Besiktas. And I mean, Besiktas played 40 league games plus Turkish Cup and plus to some European Championship. Last three, four games was the so stressful. The players, the club, I mean, they were not passing the ball, they were not making the simple things that what they used to do. That was a shock. Anyhow, I am glad that uh, Domagoj Vida got a Turkish Championship title because we paid him so much money in the last three seasons and this year really paid off. He scored a nice goal and even on the penalty we got that position start with this tackle on the throw line on, in, on our half and he was really true quality. He fought well throughout the season. I mean no point to talk now, that, that, that's it. We just need to go for the Turkish League game and the Turkish Cup game on Tuesday. If we win that, we will double. And uh, that's the great feeling, man, really. We are so relieved. And let's, fingers crossed, Chelsea do not win Champions League title. Even if they do, they should remain in the top four position in the Premier League. So that will give us a direct access to group stage in the Champions League. And uh, the survival of the club is going that uh, championship groups direct because uh, it's close to 30 million euro benefit comes there if we go alone, if Galatasaray cannot pass the stages. So happy my daughter is five and a half years old in her five and a half year old age she got three turkish trophies for besiktas i share that with you she's growing canadian eagle american eagle for besiktas one crazy sporter she's she was celebrating crazy in turkey yesterday so thanks for all the besiktas fans thanks for sergey Alçın. thanks for the president ahmed nurchebi thanks for the players Really, this was a spectacular season, as all said. This was the hardest championship, and it was so meaningful because we came with the really underdog. And if you ask the, not to look at the last three, four games, uh, out of 40 league games, Besiktas played 35 of them with the deserved uh, sport from the common soccer fans in Turkey as Besiktas deserving this to get this title. Last two, three games we made the hope on Galatasaray and Fenerbahce fans. And actually, if you think about it, if Fenerbahce won the uh, Sivas game, they will be champion. And that little details made the difference. And if you look at also another little detail, which was become a huge, in the first half when beat Galatasaray 2-0, that second goal and Kudu scored on the Larin's pass, that made us champion. If Enkudu didn't score that game, yesterday Galatasaray would be champion. So when you put all those details on top, they make big, huge million euros worth variance. But overall, in the out of 42 weeks and the 40 games the teams played, each team played, 
Besiktas is the most deserved team to get this championship. So congratulations to Besiktas. Congratulations to all black and white fans. Black Eagles of Istanbul, soar. Go for it. Thank you all. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.